Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for June 24th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. You can find my work on Twitter at ETOF21. You can find me on Instagram at ETOF21Sports underscore. You can find me on Instagram giving out free horse racing picks at ETOF21Sports underscore horse underscore racing. And as always at ETOF21Sports underscore fantasy for free daily fantasy football tips. How is everyone doing today? Jesus, July 4th is right around the corner. But that brings me to my first point. Make sure you mark those calendars, boys and girls. The ETOF21 Sports Show is going to be live on YouTube and Twitch every Tuesday night, 10 to 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Really looking forward to that. Make sure you set those reminders. Interactive show. Going to have guests on, some professional guests, some better, some fantasy guests. Interactive. Really looking forward to that. So please, please, please make sure you support like subscribe watch it's going to be a good time going to bring you guys a fun 30 minutes of content so make sure you set that up wow also i am going to on youtube youtube shorts uh ig posting free picks daily guys everything's free with me i'm not going to be charging you guys for picks that's not the way i roll everything's going to be free so please 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 make sure to Subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can get some free picks. Um, pretty good at what I do. <laughs> Not many people can say that. Success is in the pudding. Um, I'm giving everything away for free. I'm not going to charge. Why don't I charge? I don't charge because I just want to make money doing my thing, man. You know, I bet big boy money. I don't alter my bets. I'm limited at multiple sports books. I'm not going to post altered screenshots of betting four figures on a bet because I, I I I have multiple runners, I have people that place bets for me, so I can't do that. And I'm not going to charge you guys money and make money off you guys. I'm just going to give stuff away for free. If you want to come along for the ride, make some money, let's do it. But I'm seeing multiple people on here claiming they bet. I a I know they don't bet. B they alter screenshots of their bets. That's not me, guys. I'm just here to help you. I'm here to help you make money. I'm here to help you understand my crazy mind of how I interpreted stuff. Um, also, make sure XFL, Jim, and myself, every week we do a college football betting preview. Two weeks ago, we did the MAC. I have two futures that I absolutely love there. This week, we did Conference USA. I have one future I absolutely love there. So please make sure you are following us on BTV. For those videos because I love me some college football and college football is right around the corner and we're going to be getting those started shortly. We're going to be, it's going to be here before we know it. And you know, you want to get ahead of the curve. You want to lock in those futures before Sharp start moving that. Uh, we have a great show today. So let's jump right into it. Uh, we have Sterling coming on. Sterling's going to come on and we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA, about the Kyrie Irving situation, where he could go, is he staying, is he going, a couple trade ideas. We're also going to talk about the Boston Celtics, what's next for the Boston Celtics, what they can do in terms of who they can add and what they need to look at for next year. Then my boy Brandon comes on, we talk NASCAR, who to bet for this week. We each have three guys and one person we're fading in a head-to-head matchup. Unfortunately, XFL Jim is sick, so I will be telling you what I'm betting in the CFL and USFL. 
So let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into it. We're going to start off the show with Sterling coming on to talk a little NBA. Well, it the NBA season is over, but now we enter kind of like the business. We'll call it the business part of the season. And who better to come on and talk a little NBA shop than my boy, one of the originals on the ETOF21 Sports Podcast, Sterling from Silver Star Sports. Sterling, how are you doing today, my man? I'm awesome, my friend. Thanks for having me. Uh, get to the association part of the NBA. Yeah. First of Exciting. all, let's just, is that, I need to ask, is that a old school GP, old school camp? Like yeah, so this is an old school Seattle Supersonics, but it's Kevin Durant from oh. his rookie season. Oh. So I'm rocking the throwback jerseys. I have to say, my man, your jersey game has been on point. <laughs> I, I have a big collection. I've probably spent way too much money, to be honest. But uh, yeah, no, I've got a, a bunch of throwbacks. And every time you have me on, I'll try to wear some new one, you know. I mean, that's, you're, you know, I'll have to step up my game. I'll have to, I'll have to dig something <laughs> out. But I'll tell you what. I bet you don't have a Davis Mills autographed Houston, Texas jersey. I think you got me there. You got me beat. (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk NBA. But before we talk NBA, we got we're recording this on Tuesday night. Podcast comes out Friday. We did get some tragic news. I got the text message this morning. Um, Biggie, Caleb Swagan passed away this morning. Um, They're saying it's natural causes. And this one gets me. Because you hear the stories about how when he was in Utah, you know, homeless shelter, uh, like seeing people like fight over crack in homeless shelters, seeing people like shoot up, living under bridges. And then to make it to the NBA, like really says a lot about him as a person after like everything he grew up through, everything he went through. You know, went to Purdue, graduated with a degree from Purdue. Um, you know, just 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 a sad a sad ending. You know, only twenty five years old, man. Sad ending. Yeah, condolences out to his family for sure, and just yeah. seeing how hard he worked on and off the court to get where he was. Um, and prayers out to his family. The thing that got me is in his limited time with the Kings. You know, he would do stuff where he would, you know, give kids that were in the same um, situation he was growing up, um, he would, you know, get them to an NBA game. And that's something that, you know, you can never take away from those kids and really speaks a lot about him giving back to like less fortunate people and to show people that we're in that situation. Like you can to make it and achieve your dreams where they are. So rest in peace, swag. You know, I had the privilege of meeting you twice. The two times I met you, you were a phenomenal dude. So rest in peace, brother. Um, so now, you know, we're going to change. We're going to talk a little NBA now. We're going to dive into that. Sorry, I just wanted to, you know, say my rest in peace to someone I met. Um, the main thing going on right now is the NBA finals were done. We're going to talk about the Celtics, but I want to talk about Kyrie. What do you take from this quote that was based – I want to – what do you take of the situation? I guess that's first, but first let's do that. What do you take about the, the Kyrie Irving situation? It's it, there's so much to unpack here, but I think the first thing we should start about is just uh, rewind back a couple years when the Nets were a young upstart playoff team. They had the best team chemistry. You saw all those videos of them celebrating each other on the bench, and they sold that for these three guys: Kevin Durant, 
Kyrie Irving and James Harden. And it now looks like in a span of five months, you might lose two of the three. You know, it's just uh, crazy uh, how much has gone on with this Nets organization. I can't wait for a 30 for 30 on it in a couple of years, you know, to see all that went down behind the scenes. This is the thing that stuck out for me. A, you're completely right. When that happened, people were talking about, oh, you know, all these championships are going to win. Reality of the situation is those three didn't make out of the second round. Um, They came out, I think the quote was, like, smooth the sand. Because I'm hearing that the Nets want to only give Kyrie two years. Kyrie wants four or five. Kyrie wants a little bit more stability. Um, I've heard... Like, you have these people in the media saying that, like, Stephen A saying that Kyrie wasn't Durant's first pick. And then you got Jay Will saying how close these guys are, how they're like brothers. So it's like, I really feel there's so much misinformation out in the market, in the media market. We really don't know what's going on here. Absolutely. Especially with a guy as secluded as Kyrie, you don't really know what's going on, I feel like. Now, here's my question to you. Let's just kind of... Think about the roster right now. With what they have, they're going to bring back Joe Harris, obviously, which I think is a big piece. Um, You know, they have Curry. Uh, They have Dragic. They have Bruce Brown. They're going to get Ben Simmons back, allegedly. Do you kind of, like, look at what their roster is going to be for next year? Is that enough? It's hard to say. But I feel like in the Nets scenario, I would be hard-pressed not to run it back with everyone there. You know, like if Kyrie's playing like all the games next year, I'd want to see how that team actually performs before I, I ha- like ship him out somewhere else. You know, but that's they have – sorry, go ahead. No, go, no, no finish, your, finish your thought. No, I, I just feel like they have a decent shot. I don't know if it's good enough to top the Celtics or the Bucks or the Heat next year, but they can definitely compete with those teams, you know. I just, I don't know, like, this is this this is my thing. Like, I really think missing Harris was a huge thing for him. Missing Harris was big. Um, they got Curry, which I think is great. Um, I just don't feel they have enough size. Um, they're very liable on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know with how great Irving and Durant are if they can beat the Bucs, because I'll say it right now, I think the Bucs are the best team in the East going into next year. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they were on the – they had Boston on the ropes. And if Middleton no, was there – Middleton. Yeah, with, if Middleton was there, Middleton – I mean, the Bucs would probably be represented. No Middleton East. and Grayson Allen playing north of 26 minutes per game. I mean, we have to remember that. Um, But the one of the big things is, is they may trade Kyrie. Now, I want to bring up – the 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 trade machine i have kyrie right here um team two i just want to go through and get your get your opinions on like teams you think we think could trade for him okay so looking at your screen right now my heat he doesn't fit the heat culture um celtics nope been there done that bucks just no way yeah no it doesn't work 76ers have their own problems Raptors doesn't fit Bulls. This is interesting. Uh, yeah, I could see uh, 
Something with Zach Levine. That's that's something right, we can come back let's, to. Let, let, let's click here. Now, what do you think it would take to get to get um to get Kyrie Levine? Obviously, there'd be like some sort of sign and trained, right? Mm-hmm. But you'd have to give me more. Who who you give it? Would you would you throw in Lonzo? Lonzo and Levine for Kyrie. You'd have to throw. Do in you the- know the update on Lonzo's knee? Because I know it was like really bad a couple months ago. Yeah, that's true. He's not going to be a hundred percent. You had Kobe White, a young point guard. Yeah, Kobe, Kobe White. Um... Let's throw in Kobe White. Um. They're not going let's, let's just do that and save some picks, okay? Okay. We'll do that, and then we'll go down here. Can't find the picks. My fault. There we go. Picks. We'll throw in a 2026 20, first rounder. Yeah. We'll throw in a 2028 20, first rounder. How about that? As we do these, it's going to be super interesting to see what Kyrie's value is, just given his history and his dilemmas. Um, a lot of teams, some teams might value him highly, and other teams would stay so, far away. Yeah. So this would be interesting. You know, the Bulls would definitely, like, an Irving, DeRozan type of backcourt. Um, maybe the Bulls move um, Busacek for Dobie Hayen on DeAndre Aiken. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think an Irving, DeRozan, DeAken, I think that, like, quote-unquote, big three, I think that would be interesting in Chicago, don't you? Yeah, I think especially for Chicago, it seems like Zach Levine has one foot out the door. So if they could recoup um, losing him and get a player like Kyrie Irving, I think that'd be a win for their franchise. You know? um, let's con- there's no way the Cavs are going to do it. Now, this is an interesting for one for me. Okay? Now... I listened to Jay Will do an interview this morning. And the inter- interesting thing was Jay Will said that Kyrie is only going to go someplace where he's the alpha. I don't think he's the alpha in in Brooklyn. Do you? No, not in Brooklyn. Certainly not. It's now, this is a trade that is interesting to me. Everything I hear says that the Hawks front office is upset they decided to run it back. They thought they needed to do more. With how Irving plays, I really think that the city of Atlanta would take to him. You throw in, like, throw in a John Collins. You throw in a, where is he? Um, Kevin Herter. I know the Hawks might be looking to offload Clint Capella uh, right, to give you know. a Kongwu some more minutes. Oh, we're throwing a Kongwu. So what's that? Um, then I've also to- heard that the Nets want or are reluctant to pay Nick, or Nicholas Claxton. Yeah. All right. I don't want to pay him more than the mid-level exception. Is something I read. All right. So does this work out? All right. So we need to add about $20 million. Um, 
see this is where it gets tough man you know what i mean like this is where it gets tough um they really don't have that much stuff um fine let's throw in a bruce brown what we got here um 56 and 30 geez um you could take some guys off i was just throwing around some rumors i heard why is he throwing a trade exception? I don't even know how to throw in the trade exceptions here. Um, so you know, obviously try this trade, it's not gonna work. Um in this in this hypothetical world, do you think a Kyrie Trey Young oh, that work could work? Look at that. I, I mean, would just hate that backcourt. That backcourt would that backcourt, be terrible. But here's here's the thing. Everything I'm, what I'm hearing out of Atlanta is the Hawks are having buyer, I'll say buyer's remorse from signing Collins to that contract. That they were utterly disappointed by the season and they're kicking themselves for not making moves because they feel they're not good enough to win right now. And Trey Young was all on Twitter yesterday saying, I want to win a championship. And I guess my point is this. You look at the team right now with this trade I just threw out there, Clapella, Collins, Herter, you're 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 subtracting this, but you're adding these guys, Claxton, Brown, Irving. You can re-sign Hunter, get more, get more run for Hunter because there's no herder for his minutes. Do you think this trade makes both teams better? I I could see there's a world where it could. I don't think it would work out for both teams. Like, honestly, I think the Nets are better with Kyrie if he's actually playing and engaged. I think the Hawks, it would, yeah, it would make them a better team, but that backcourt just scares me. Like, on a night-in, night-out basis, having yeah. one of them, both of them on the floor in crunch time. Like, it would be. It would and be. then, to your point, would Kyrie be the alpha in Atlanta? I think that's Trey Young's franchise through and through right now. So I don't know. Okay. But that's um, why it's such an interesting. Yeah, just because these are two guys they want to get out, uh, offload. They need to offload him so that way they can create more minutes for Hunter. Um, all right, so let's continue here. You know, we're down to the Hornets. I don't, I don't think the Hornets would do it. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you take, let's segue, from Kenny Atkinson deciding not to take the Hornets job? Because I have an interest, I have a very interesting theory on this. I thought it was super interesting because wasn't it like announced that it was a done deal? He was signed yeah. and then all of a sudden just backtracked all that. I wonder what happened there. Uh, you said you heard rumor about it. I heard he didn't like Ball's work ethic. And then he went back and he thought it over and he said, this is going to be my second time coaching. If I don't get this right, I'm probably never going to be a coach in the league again. So that's why I decided to go back, which, which to me makes sense. Cause that's a good business decision on his part. (laughs) You look at it like this. Hornets are in a tough spot, man. They're in a tough spot. They got all these young guys. They're going to have to start overpaying for these young guys. Because the last thing you want to do is have someone like Bridges, someone you've developed, 
go to, let's say, the Pistons and ball out, and the Pistons take care of your developmental process. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they have all these young guys coming up. They're going to have to start forking over some money. Yeah. So, and then the Hornets, they, uh, they need a center. I think, uh, just to get away from it for a little bit, but like a team like, or a player like Miles Turner on the Hornets would be perfect. And I yeah, just, just want to see that trade happen. Yeah. The Knicks. I, I, I think it would work, but I don't just think they would trade him cross city. I don't. So I think I think that's off. The Wizards. I think the Wizards would do it in a heartbeat. But yeah, one thought on the Knicks here. too. Um, would you do a I've, deal for Irving trade straight up? If I'm. The Nets, yeah. If you're the Wizards. No. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Um, For the one thing about the Knicks, I wouldn't like it for the Knicks if they got Kyrie, just because I feel like they're trying to skip steps of the process. I think we've seen so many teams fail recently that try to artificially create these um, super teams, even though the Knicks wouldn't be a super team, but they're just skipping steps in the development process. I say just let... R.J. Barrett run the team, um, let Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, those guys grow. No need, no need to jump to be the fifth seed in the East here right now. So, um, Pacers, I don't. There's no way he wants to go to Indiana. No I mean, if if they want to sell some more tickets, they had the lowest tickets in the NBA. I heard, so. But I mean, like my, I guess my thing is like, do you really think Kyrie's going to go to Indiana? Yeah, I don't know. He would retire before he goes to India. Um, oops, sorry. Um, Which, if you remember last time we were talking about Kyrie, I just feel like he's one of those players that has always wanted to retire early. So I wouldn't be surprised if this all ends up that the Nets don't deal him. They work out like a two, three-year deal. And then after that, Kyrie is just like, yeah, I've played basketball. I've done everything I wanted to. So Detroit, no way. Detroit's set with Cade, and they're not going to do it. I feel you go to Orlando, but I don't think Orlando would do anything because they do they do have that young nucleus. Yeah, Orlando has the money to like theoretically make it work, but they've got so many guards that they just got to figure it out themselves. You want to talk about a team in the in a pickle real quick? Ugh, yeah, tell so, me. So, a you have to decide what if you want to re-sign Mobamba. B you got to decide what to do with Jonathan Isaacs because the the kid is. Always up and hurt. And three, you have to decide who you're going to take in the draft with the top pick. You know, that like, this is an interesting, excuse me, little crossroads for the Magic. Uh, what about a Paul for Irving straight up? I think the Suns have gotten too far to do that, to disrupt the chemistry like that. Um. Oh, Grizzlies, Warriors, Maverick. Uh, no. Yes. I saw a hypothetical Jazz trade, but I feel like the Jazz are sort of like Indiana. Like I, I don't think Kyrie would be okay going there. Nuggets, no. Now this is an interesting one for me. Hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. Boom. 
but obviously um it would be a mix of D'Angelo would have to throw in Beverly. Okay. And then I'm thinking Beasley, something like that. Some like a package kind of like this. Okay. Now what do you think of that? I mean, an Irving Towns Anthony Edwards. I, I that's kind of interesting. And I really think with A-Rod there, I think that that he he would go there because A-Rod is a big name. I, I I can see that. I can see a world where that happens. Um I don't, I don't love it. But would you do it if you're the Timberwolves? If I'm the Timberwolves, I feel like where with the roster I have right now, I can't win it. But if I get a player like if I if I'm A Rod thinking, if I get a top ten player, top fifteen, wherever you rank a player like Irving, to agree to be traded to Minnesota. Long term, this is going to help me get players like that here. And then I can have him and Edwards. You can say what you want about you, – you can totally say what you want about Kyrie, but he's won a championship. And he can, like, hopefully tell those guys what it's like to win a championship because hopefully now he's more mature and he learns from the mistakes he made in Boston. What say you? Yeah. Um, I, I would like that big three. I think especially with D'Angelo Russell's contract, like how they're not – it's not a great contract to swap that and get a player like Kyrie Irving, who is top 15, top 20 player in the league. Failed. Uh, Failed. You know, I, you know, we'd have to kind of play around with that. Maybe like – you know, maybe they end up keeping Beverly and it's just Angelo Russell. Beasley on some picks. But the thing is, the thing we need to remember is this, and this is like the big, the big thing. Yes, you're getting Russell, but let's not forget the Warriors flipped Russell and got Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins. And they're not winning a ship without Wiggins this year. So it's not so much that move, it's maybe the move after it if you have a front-thinking GM like Bob Myers which I think the Nets have. So, um, you know, just kind also of- the Timberwolves uh, hired a bunch of people from the Nuggets who built that good roster, although yeah. it hasn't been healthy. Yeah, so um, we're thinking. Let's go here. The Clippers is an interesting one. Okay, let me throw this one out for you. I'm going to oh, send no. I'm going to send Luke Kennard the Nets. Reggie Jackson to the Nets. Zubak, get that center to the Nets. Trade to the Clippers. When I talk about the most like realistic trade destinations for Kyrie Irving, I think the Clippers is the most realistic because not only those three names that you have there, but also Norman Powell and uh, the Morris brother, 
they both make like the same amount, like 12 to 17 million, which are really good for getting contracts to match. Um, so they just have like a lot of assets that can be used to facilitate a trade for Kyrie. Now let's say the net, let's say the Nets hypothetically do this trade. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's start over. Let me go back a screen. Um, oh, shit. Um, so team one will go, where are they? The Nets. Team two, we are going to go with the Clippers. So if I'm um, the Nets and I'm looking at those players, those like five players per se that have those contracts, I definitely want want like Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, and um, assuming you're not going to pay Nick Claxton, then I'd want Zubak. And I think that would make the Nets a better team because the Nets don't have like a bunch of wings um, that can switch and defend. But if you imagine like a lineup of KD, Norman Powell, Marcus Morris, um, Joe Harris, and like one or and Ben Simmons, that's a very switchable lineup that would be very good. And um, well, who's running the point though? Simmons. Trust Simmons to be back. You know I hope. I, mean? I hope. Yeah. How many games, if you had to guess, do you think he plays next year? Fifty, if that. Hmm. I mean, I would like. This would be the package I would like. Much of that, and then ship over i mean you're bringing in powell you're bringing in canard you're bringing in jackson you know what i like bruce brown throw him in you know something like that you know that way like you're getting your point guard you have a shooter in canard powell who can do multiple things a center in zubek if if i'm kd and i sit back and i have reggie jackson luke canard zubek Powell, Ben Simmons, a healthy Joe Harris, Seth Curry. Mike, am I going to be able to compete? That lineup doesn't scare me like the rest of the East, but I mean, it's possible. There's a there's a world where they it all works out. So, if the Nets run, because I really feel the pressure's on right now, Durant to win a title. If I'm Durant and they trade Irving, and I'm looking at these four, or, you know, we put Marcus Morris in here and we take out um, Kennard and Jackson. Am I going to force a trade? Yeah, that's something they got to think about. That That's ultimately why I think nothing will come to pass with Kyrie Irving, um, trade-wise because they have to consider that Durant factor. Their hands are kind of tied and they're at his mercy because they traded all these assets to get him. Yeah. Um, no way he's going to the Pellies, no way to the Spurs. For him going to the Lakers, I feel would just be the ultimate F you to, um, to KD. I don't feel he's going to do that. Um, plus like, let's be honest. The Nets are going to take Westbrook. You know what I mean? Like, there's just no way. Um, the Lakers really don't have the assets like, 
to facilitate any trade. Kings, they have no, no. Trailblazers, no, 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 no. So, like, honestly, like, you and I are looking at it. We say the Clippers. We said, what, maybe five teams at most? The T-Wolves. Well, I mean, obviously the Magic would. Pacers would. I think the Wizards would. I'll say the Hawks. So five teams. We got five teams that would trade for Mr. Kyrie Irving. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with him. Now, the next thing I the next team I want to talk about, and I'm pulling them up right here, is the Boston Celtics. Hey, let's talk about this finals. What stood out for well, first of all, I'm really hoping you watched my betting preview show of the NBA Finals and you put a little cheddar on Wiggins 80 to 1 to have the most rebounds. I really hope you listened to me on that one. Wow, you call that? Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, I wish I did now. <laughs> um, what do you think of this team? I think this team is in a good spot. I was looking ahead at uh, their contract situation, and they have most of the guys under contract for a couple of years. Um, they're young. Um, they should be really proud of where they are. They showed like a lot of mental fortitude. It, it's it's no small feat to be able to turn a team around like that. Um, I think moving forward, it's hard to see a path where they get dramatically better, but I also don't think they need to. I think they have less questions to be answered than a lot of the other Eastern Conference contenders, if that makes sense. See, this is my thing with them. Now, hear me out. I'm actually going to remove this screen so we can talk like this for a second. A couple things stood out. A... That game five situation, it was tied or they're up by one at the end of the third. Excuse me, end of the third. Tatum has the ball in his hand. He initiates the offense. He goes with nine seconds left. Quarter's running out. Goes too soon. Throws it to Brown. Brown takes a shot up with six seconds left. Um, Miss, go down. Pool throws up a three. Goes in. And now you're down by three, four, whatever. I really felt that kind of swung the series, and I really feel like not having a lead guard hurt them. If you look at them, they were three and five in games that had um, what I, what's the term clutch games to end the season. Um, and even you look at the Miami game seven, Marcus Smart was just jacking up threes early in the shot clock. I really feel, and I love Marcus Smart, not having a lead guard is hurting them. Yeah, uh, I could definitely see that. Um, they put, have to put so much playmaking, the onus of the playmaking on Jalen Brown, who doesn't have the ball handling abilities to do that. And then Jason Tatum's decision-making this entire playoffs has been kind of kind of suspect. Another thing that I also think is super important to talk about is Jason Tatum's shot selection. Like I feel like too often he just played into the Warriors' hands and he was going to take a step back mid-range contested jumper. And I just don't think that's a sustainable recipe to win a championship. Obviously, they are two wins away, but I just feel like as the Bucks get healthy, as the Heat come back and other teams figure this out, he's got to figure out more ways to be more effective, you know, rather than taking these off-balance contested shots. Like, yeah, when they go in, they're great, but when they're not falling, what else is he going to do? I really feel that he took a huge – everyone was ready to anoint him, um, the next person, 
but you know, after, you know what I mean? Like after, um, after what he did, like, I can't, you know, I just, I just can't do it. You know what I mean? I just can't annoy him after what I saw from him, you know, just, just, I, I really felt he took a step backwards in the play in the, in the playoffs. I think NBA Twitter is just too reactionary um, to like too ready to annoy people before they proved it time and time again. So now the big thing that came out was the, and this, this made my day when I saw this, you know, how Tatum after game seven tweeted out what he tweeted out to what, what he, what he texted Kobe and then took a picture of it and posted it. I got it. Did you see this? <laughs> uh, I've seen a bunch of different variations of this. I've seen him like text like Kwame Brown instead of that. Like people are too funny. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, Sorry, these no worries, all good. Uh, so I don't know. I really feel he took a step step back. I get it. He's only twenty four. I get it. I understand it. But if you're a first-team All-NBA player, before going into Game 6, you can't be 5 of 21 in the fourth quarter and Andrew Wiggins be 5 of 6 the last game. That just doesn't cut it for me. And I think you're right. I think he really forces the shot way too much. He did become a better playmaker toward the season, but during the playoffs, it just wasn't there. And I really feel that if Middleton was there, they would have lost the Bucs. Um Jalen, my issue with Jalen Brown is he sometimes looks like he's dribbling a dribbling a uh, football. Yeah, like, those handles are super loose. And I'll tell you what, if I'm Brad Stevens, there's one trade I'm looking to make, and this one's going to shock you, my friend. Okay, we need a point guard, right? need someone with experience that's going to get people in position. You know what? I forgot what team. What team does – I thought Rubio played for the Cavs. Am I, am I totally effing up my, my thing here? Uh, go down. He should, should should be there. Um, I thought Rubio played for him. I'm messing this up, and I am sorry to everyone watching. Um, Cap- uh, Pacers. Okay, so Pacers. So here we go. So Rubio, boom. Give me Rubio to the Celtics. Um, you know what? I would trade back. I would send them. You know what? You'd have to get rid of Smart or Derek White because you're not going to run the run those three. I like Smart. I think smarts too. integral to what they do. So I'll send Derek White to them. Does this trade work? Trade. So yeah, I mean a Derek Wright for Ricky Rubio. I feel Rubio would come in. He'd be the adult in the room. He'd get everyone in the right position. And we need to remember, before he got hurt, (coughs) the Cavs were a top four team in the East. And he was playing really good basketball. He was playing really good basketball. And he doesn't need to start. He can come in, play 20-some-odd minutes. I really think a player like Ricky Rubio, to kind of make sure 
like the little things, like not going too fast in the shot clock at the at the end of a quarter. I think kind of feel like that is what they need. Um, I'm really interested to see the next step Robert Williams takes. I really like him a lot. Um, but they need more depth, man. You know, they really need more depth, dude. Like, yeah, they couldn't play Peyton, Peyton, Peyton Pritchard at some points. He was just unplayable. And here's my thing. Everything I hear, and I, I have a friend that works for the Celtics. Everything I hear is how many records Naismith has broken shooting after practice. That's all I hear. And he can't, and like playing, Pritchard is playing him over him. You know what I mean? Like if you have these shooters, I really feel you need to give him run. Even if Pritchard comes in, if you have a shooter, you got to give him looks when he comes on the court, you know, just so that way he feels it. Cause you never know, like, you saw someone like um, like Kerr does with Poole. And I'm not saying Pritchard and Poole are on the same level. But, you know, if Poole's feeling it a little bit, you know, he's going to give him a little more run than he normally does. So I really feel that um, that's one thing Nadaku has to do better is get his shooters more time and run more sets for their shooters when they come into games off the bench. Yeah. I did like that you mentioned the Rubio trade because I was trying to think of a specific player for them, but Rubio is Rubio would be. I think Rubio would be a phenomenal trade for the them. O- only thing that worries me is I feel like Marcus Smart can do it because there's some times where he's under control, he's settled, he's actually running the offense, and then there's these other times where it's like, what are you doing? Like taking these boneheaded threes, rushing shot clock. So I don't know. But there's more time in clutch situations where that's who he is. And I kind of feel like, <coughs> excuse me, the whole second half of the season, they played subpar comp. And plus, and because they played subpar comp. They were blowing everyone, teams out, and they didn't have any clutch minutes. Everyone's hyping them up. Um, now, no, no, you, you play who's in front of you, and they beat who's in front of you. So you, can, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just, I think it's going to be tougher to repeat and get to the finals because the one team I think about is the Oklahoma city thunder, you know, when they had Westbrook, Harden, Durant and Serge, and they got to that final got swept by the heat. Never been back. Do you think they could go down that road? I could see it because like we mentioned in the Eastern Conference already, like there's just so many different teams. Miami's going to get stronger. Bucks are going to get stronger. Um, other teams are going to figure it out. I still see them being competitive. I just don't know if I'm ready to say that they'll be back in the finals within the next two years. I, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be back in the final. I'll give Stevens all the credit in the world. You know, he noted he he got he brought Allen. Trading for Derek White was a great trade. But I just don't know. Like, I just kind of feel like you kind of – like, you you look at it. Okay, let's just kind of, like, take a step back. You beat the Nets. Okay, that's fine. You know, the Nets had a million issues. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. You beat the Bucks with no Middleton in seven. You went to seven with the Heat, and the Heat for the, for the back part had no hero. PJ Tucker was her. Jimmy yeah. Butler was her. You know, it went to seven. You know, and it went to seven. 
it went to seven, dude. You know, like so if you had to power rank the teams next year, the top of the Eastern Conference, Bucks one. I, I like honestly, I think like I'll be honest, and maybe I sound like a homer because the, the Bucks and Pistons are my team. I think it's the Bucks one, and I think it's a big drop to two. Like right now, like we don't know, like we don't know what these teams are gonna do, but I think it's a big drop to two right now. What What about you? Uh, I think the Bucks are number one. I wouldn't say it's a steep drop off, um, but then again, they definitely would have won that series without Middleton, so, or with Middleton. So, I mean, like honestly, like just let's like I'm just pulling up the conference, like net, like assuming everyone's healthy. I think I I think the Bucks are better than the Heat. Do you think the Heat are better than the Celtics? Everyone healthy. No, I think the Celtics had chances to close it out, but just didn't. So weren't very opportunistic. Uh, yeah, they're better than the 76ers. I'd say they're the second best team in the East. Okay. All right. Um, third, but I know Nets. I just can't count the Nets in the upper echelon of the East until it's proven, you know? And I mean, the team, you know, the team that I think could surprise people, you know, if they stay healthy. I mean, we need to remember Cleveland Cavaliers, as crazy as it sounds, were top four in the East until everyone started dropping like flies. Oh, yeah. They were the most unlucky team with injuries and COVID. So you got to figure that. I mean, you got to figure the Raptors are going to have something with the steps they're going to make. And the, like the um, uh, Scotty Barnes's development, Siakam's development, Van Vliet. You know, are they going to, the big rumor with them, though, is they could trade OG Ananomi. Because he wants more minutes. OG could be moving somewhere. Um, you know, the Pistons, God only knows what's going to happen with them. If yeah, Cam- one of the teams could take a jump. One of those young teams, Hunt Hornets, Pistons, um, Magic. I don't know. You, you know, what Wizards and Beal, are they going to move Beal? Um, yeah, so it's really going to be an interesting offseason. And can we- yeah. Yeah, can we switch gears for a second and switch to the Western Conference? Because a big trade happened with uh, Christian Wood. I know we were talking about the Mavericks last time. Oh, what were your thoughts on that? Wood was 28th in pick and roll scoring while rolling to the basket last, last year with no point guard doing that with Porter and and and, and the kid Green. Now you're going to do that with Luka Dantich. So, I mean, that right there has me a little intrigued. But then another part of me sits back and goes, is Wood just that guy that puts up good numbers with shitty teams? I think this is the perfect opportunity to find the answer to that question. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that were they gave up virtually nothing, so I think it was a good deal. Oh, I think it was right? a great trade. Like, yeah, it was a great trade. But at the same time, a little part of me is like, was he the right center for them? You know, I don't know if he'll fit in the Jason Kidd system and be that rim protector that they, they need him to be. You know who yeah. would have been per- you know would be perfect for that? Your boy Turner. Yeah, yeah, Miles Turner would have been great. But I mean, I mean, he probably would have taken more to get him. So, but I mean, you look at a team like the Pacers. You have this great asset, in Miles Turner. Why haven't you moved him? I don't, I don't think the Pacers know what they're doing. I mean, and you know, it's kind of funny. I have the Pacers team pulled up right here. I mean, just kind of look at this team for a second, dude. <laughs> Excuse me, Jesus. 
Um, you know, you got Brogdon, Heal, TJ Warner coming back, Miles Turner. Oh, man, dude, like that's, that's a decent little squad right there. A team that I feel call me crazy should be competing for the plan. What say you? Oh, for sure. Like um the sum is less than the parts, it feels like in this case. I you know, I just kind of feel that the NBA right now is just so wide open. You know, we're going to have the trade is coming, you know, the Pistons moving Grant, you know, what's going to happen with Kyrie? What are the Lakers going to do? There's all these rumors with the Lakers of what, um, you know, what the Celtics are going to do. But one team we need to touch on is the Phoenix Suns, man. Like, what are they going to do? You know, like, honestly, like you look at them and (coughs) excuse me, you need to figure out what Booker wants done. And then you have to figure something to do with Aiken and something to do with um, Chris Paul. But let me ask you this, because it's coming out. Did you hear the reason why they were upset with DeAndre Aiken? Mm-mm. Okay. Now, a young player, new in the league, a lot of money. You figure, hey, you know, out late partying, you know, like going to the club, you know, whatever. They were worried and upset. Are you ready for this? Like, are, are you ready for this? Now I think I know what it is, but yeah, tell me. Go ahead. He was playing too many video games. Yeah, I heard. Wasn't he, like, up to, like, 2, 3 in the morning every night or something? Like, something crazy, I heard. He's in his place playing video games. I know, but, that, yeah, that's such a better problem than anything else he could be doing at 27 I mean, years old. let's just think about this, dude. He's in his house he's not driving drunk he's not doing drugs he's in the confines of his own place playing fucking video games shame on him to me you know what this screams like are you ready for this what a cheap owner that doesn't want to go over the luxury tax am i wrong uh just finding like anything wrong anything wrong to move the player to get out of them you know, like to me, that to me, that's what this move says. What what what's coming out if they move Aiken? Um, it really just says, hey, you know what? We're cheap. We don't want to pay. What 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 do you think? I think that's a just an interesting storyline because the Pistons, Hornets, somebody's gonna throw Aiden a bag this summer, um, and it's just gonna be up to Phoenix to match. And it from all reports, it certainly doesn't seem like. It seems like they'd be extremely reluctant to. Um, but how do they get better? How do they replace him? Because he was their third best player. So, I don't know. Interesting storyline. Real quick. Cool. Last, last mock trade here. I mean, you know, you get you get a center, you get a, another wing score. You know, I I think this works out for both. What do you think? I think so. I mean, I think that's going to be better than any other solution um, to try to move Aiton. I think that's the best case scenario. Because sign in trades, you got to remember, for most sign in trade teams, it doesn't usually work out. They don't recoup the same value. But if they can get like a good player like Jeremy Grant, then that's a win. I think that'd be a huge win. Pistons aren't going to resign him. They're looking to move him. 
Um, <coughs> now, before we sign off, I did want to bring up this one video right here. Hold on, let me let me turn on the sound. It's a little too loud. So Bagley's playing pickup. One of the people is the girl there. Boom. Drives right past Mark Bagley right there. Right to the <laughs> hole. Pump fake. Goes right by him behind the back to her partner. They're playing two on two. She didn't just throw oh, it behind the back on him. Look at that, dude. Look at that. <laughs> I mean, look at that, dude. Look at that. Look at that. Watch this. Look at it. You know, over Bagley, zero effort. Like, doesn't even close on her. Look at him. Look at him. And she turns. Wow, no. The, the, the disrespect. <laughs> and that's why you're benched on the Sacramento Kings. Am I wrong? That is yeah. why you were benched on the Sacramento Kings, my friend. Um, Sterling, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Um, as you know, the ETOF21 Sports Show premieres July 5th. You are going to be on there at some time, depending on what your schedule is, coming on talking. I have a feeling you're going to be a reg on that show if you're willing to. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media? Okay, so find me at on Instagram at Silver Star Sports. That's going to be Silver Star. There's an underscore and then sports. I've been kind of dry on the posting for a while, but I mean, I, NFL season is starting. Uh, some time has opened up for me, so I do have some content coming that I'm writing out. Um, it's going to be previews for all 32 NFL teams, predictions, breakout players, so plenty of good stuff coming. Um, just be patient with me, <laughs> all that I ask. But, yeah, follow me along for the ride. Um, I'm definitely going to be on Utah or Eric's show. Uh, so definitely just join us. But thanks for having me, as always. Always enjoy these times. Hey, man, you know, you're one of the – one of the originals, man. I appreciate the time and the effort. Always prepared. Always enjoy talking sports with you. Guys, give Sterling a give it Sterling a follow. Thanks for coming on, my man. Enjoy yourself a good fourth, and we'll talk soon, my friend. I want to thank Sterling for coming on and talking a little NBA. Guys, Sterling knows this stuff. Sterling's one of the sharpest guys out there. Knows sports, knows a lot of sports, knows multiple sorts. Where make sure you're please giving Sterling a follow at Silver Star Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Now, he was absent last week, but he's back this week because we have a NASCAR race. Let's bring Brandon onto the show and let's talk a little NASCAR. All right. So we're at that time on the the podcast. We're talking some NASCAR and Brandon's back after the week off last week. Brandon, how are you doing, my man? Doing good. How about yourself? Dude, no complaints. No complaints at all. A little hot here. It's been 100 the past three days. It sucked. Dog won't go outside. But other than that, I'm living, man. It was an off week without NASCAR last week. We had the truck race Friday night, which was really interesting on dirt in Knoxville. Uh, so that was a lot of fun to watch. But uh, we lean into a track like Nashville that you haven't seen a cup car at in years. Um, I noticed there's no Celtics talk from you. No, nah, there's not. Basketball is uh, over. So there's no reason to have any type of conversation about anything Boston related. And okay. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Are you good with that? You know, I, I, I'm good with that because, um, you know, earlier in the podcast, my boy Sterling came on and we we laid out what you guys needed to do. And you being the Boston fan, this was what I said they needed to do. And you tell me if you agree. Uh, before you even say it, show up in the fourth quarter? No. No. I think their main thing is they need a point guard. They need a veteran point guard. 
someone that's comfortable start doesn't need to start, but someone that can close a game, come off the bench, and yeah, get everyone in the right position. Because you have uh you have smart, but he's not a true point guard. And then half the time that smart is on the floor, you got Tatum bringing the ball up or you got Brown bringing the ball up. So without having an actual true point guard, that did hurt. Um, after grabbing game one like we did and then winning back at home, I thought for sure we'd, we'd be in the mix with Golden State. But as much as I hate him and all the T-shirts F Draymond, the guy showed up when he needed to with rebounds, with threes. Porter, you called it. You called it two nights before that game, saying that Porter needed more playing time. They put him in the starting lineup, and – they will do work to us, and we had no answer. I mean, the fact that you jump out to a 14-2 start in game six and you let a team in the second quarter go on a 21-0 run at home, like you, you're you not going to win those basketball games. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it kind of felt like they were trying to win it um, in the um, – <clears throat> excuse me, in the, um, in the first quarter. We, um, we I definitely – I'll leave it at this. We definitely got into that old – college mentality of you're down by 10 let's jack up threes even contested to try and cut it instead of driving to the hole and getting people like curry draymond clay any of those guys into a foul trouble state and we never did that so it allowed them to play with so much freedom knowing that we're going to come down and throw stuff up and if they weren't hidden we weren't going to weren't going to close that gap so this is the player i think they should add Okay, now I guarantee. Don't say Westbrook. Nope. Okay. A veteran point guard that will put everyone in position to succeed. Not Rondo. No. Is he currently a starter somewhere? He was. You know what? He didn't start until he didn't start. He didn't start. He came off the bench, but he was a key part of this team's success before he got hurt eastern conference or western conference eastern conference warriors john wall no eastern conference ricky rubio oh yeah but what do you give up to get him dude Derek white that's it yeah because he's with the Pacers right now. Pacers are going to want to move off. They'd want to take White. He's a younger player. You bring Rubio in. Rubio doesn't need to start. He can play. You know, he can bring the ball up and get everyone in position. Because that's a good point. Game five. Game five. Th- this is my point. Game five, 2-2. Two, two. Um, I believe at the end of the third quarter, it was tied. One point game, Warriors up, whatever. Um, but it was a close game. Uh, Tatum. Brought the ball up. He went with nine seconds left, which was way too soon. Gave the ball to Brown in the corner. Brown forced up a three. Rebound up. Pool three-pointer after that. Game over. So the momentum. They need someone that need that can get the players in the positions. And the cat, that's what he was doing with Cleveland. And before he got hurt, Cleveland was top four. In the Eastern so I, Conference. I'll agree with you on that. And the biggest thing that you just said that pissed me off so much in game six, those second chance rebounds and those kickouts, if we would have if we would have won the battle of the boards, they would have not been able to go on a 21 to overrun. I'd probably say 10 to 12 of those points were off second chance rebounds. Okay. And that killed us drastically. And I, I'll be honest, I was shocked. I thought game six was a lock. I thought going back to Boston, the way that I know that that team can play. 
I thought for sure we'd be able to pull that off. My hesitation was Curry not hitting the three the game before. You knew he was going to be firing everything and be on all cylinders. And just seeing Draymond get a ring after all that stuff and see him hold up a shirt that says Boston sucks and then having a rooster below it during the parade. I'm like, all right, dude. Like, I'll give the man credit. I think he is a phenomenal he reminds me of this era of Dennis Rodman. Okay. He gets under people's skin. He's not the Dennis Rodman caliber of a player, but he gets under people's skin. He gets the boards when he needs. And then if you do leave him open, when you think he's not going to be able to even hit the rim, he drains them. So I want to hate on him as a Boston fan, but I'm like, you know what? The man showed up in game six. Yeah, he came out together. Um, but no, it's going to be interesting to see because I don't mean to be negative, but – the Celtics kind of remind me of the Thunder, a young team that yes. everyone says they're going to be back. They need to make the right, right moves. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, Pistons made a move today, freeing up space to try to get uh, DeAndre Aiken. So, I mean, you got to figure Pistons are going to be better. Cavs will be insanely better. Uh, I think if there's any positive, if there's any positive of a Boston fan knowing that we can get back to the finals next year, is the sole fact that I think Brown has finally understood that he needs to be a role player and let Tatum, let it be Tatum's team. I think during the beginning of the season, when we were losing so bad, Brown tried to be that guy when that's not him. That's not his job. Yeah. I don't know. Like where, where do you rank now? This will be my last question. And then we'll, we'll dive into, um, into um, the NASCAR stuff. Where do you rank Tatum? in terms of players in the NBA? Top five. Really? Like maybe fifth is what I'm saying. Really? So who's your one? You're going to laugh. I'm I'm a huge Joel Embiid fan. And I knew I'd get that look from you. All right. Everyone's allowed of their opinion. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. The Greek freak. You okay. can't. Yeah, yeah. Giannis is number one, hands down. Like, okay. You can't judge that. I'd, I'd struggle even giving you a full top five, but I want to say Tatum is a number five. But then when I see what he did in game six, I'm like, okay, are you even a top 10? Mm-hmm. But then but then it goes down to are you comparing a top five player throughout a season or are you trying to compare a player in a clutch scenario? There's two different styles. You have a clutch player that's a top five, and then you have just – a very good player throughout the whole season that's consistently there. Yeah. Like if I, if I told you I'm giving LeBron the ball with two seconds left and he's got to hit a pull-up jumper with a man in his face, is he a top five player to win the game? I mean, you know, how many Eastern Conference finals did he make it in a row? Yeah, but how many times did he not even make it to the finals? I mean, hands down, the tweet of the night. What is this? So you remember after games before after game seven? Kobe responds to Tatum. No, 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 no. After game seven, Tatum, for whatever reason, did the hey look at me. I tweeted this to Kobe. I got you. Wearing the freaking Kobe Bryant wristband. And someone altered it to Kobe replied, said, You suck. I had not seen this. <laughs> and you know what? It's a treasure. It is a freaking treasure, dude. 
you would before we even get into NASCAR talk on this live video right now. Yeah. You would you would do that to me. I would just because I'm a dick. But you uh, are. But as long as we both, I agree that you're a dick, and you acknowledge in front of all these people that you're a dick. We're good. We're on the same page. Yeah, I'm a dick. Well, on on to Nashville. All right, on to Nashville. Nashville, one point three three mile oval oval tracks concrete. Uh, with medium tire wear, I think it's a mix of Dover, Darlington, and a flatter track like Phoenix. Uh, you said also we got to throw Gateway into the mix too. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, you know, I – well, first of all, I love Daniel Suarez. I think it was huge. that hey. and I think it's great for the popularity of the sport. Real, real quick, real quick. If you guys haven't seen it yet, please go on Trackhouse's Instagram. Pitbull. So if you guys didn't watch the race, Suarez, the first Mexican driver to win a NASCAR race, phenomenal for him, for the sport, for everything. Smashes a, what do you call it? A uh, pinlaya? Pinata. Yeah. That looks like a taco when he wins the race, which his teammate smashes a watermelon, Ross Chastain. So, which is really cool for those two. Then they get back to the shop. And on Monday or Tuesday, Pitbull, who is part owner of the team, throws a pinata for Suarez to hit with a bat that is full of cash for the entire crew. Like, that was so big. I love it for the sport. I love it for Suarez. Like, it is such a big step forward, it, just in general for NASCAR. So huge weekend for him winning that race, and yeah, very excited about that. I mean, it was great. I think that, um, you know, what can I, how can I say this? I think it's good for the sport. I think it's going to help it grow. Um, however, that was two weeks ago. Am I yeah. correct? Correct. Now. With that being said, I am going to take Almarola over Suarez as my first play. I'm going to fade him this week. I'm, I'm good with it. So I would absolutely fade Suarez this week. He is running off of a high. One thing I do want to touch on real quick, you have a track house team, brand new team. Anytime a new team with two drivers has ever come into NASCAR, they have failed for years. You have a Ross Chastain with two wins locked into the playoffs. You have a Daniel Suarez, as of right now, locked into the playoffs. This new car has allowed NASCAR to be so competitive for even teams that can't afford to keep the car together. Yeah. So big shout out there. And for those watching right now, here is the video Brandon was mentioning right here. Yes. Here it comes up. The taco. Let's see this cut. Let's see. Scroll this down just a tad. There we go. Let's see this cut. What, what are we working with here? Oof. Yeah, not not a baseball player. He can stick to driving a race car. Mr. Suarez, continue driving. Don't ever worry about a career in the MLB. But for Pitbull being the actor, is due. I mean, he got to win. That team needed to win. We've been saying, and I'm pissed off at myself that we weren't on the right side of that. And I'm we, butthurt because I banked everything on Elliot, who dominated that race, who was looking so good, and then got a penalty on pit road. You know what? It's one of those things. Um, so my first play is Almorello over Suarez. What yes. uh, cash that? What, 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 what say you? And now I will say this: 
Um, Bovada, we'll pull up Bovada's odds right now. Bovada has this at, uh, I believe, minus 110 for Almarello. I found another book where you can get even money on Almarello, and that's kind of what I'm going to do with it. So, yeah, I'm going to take Almarello, even money over Suarez. Don't get me wrong. You know, great win. I hope he can continue winning and get into the playoffs, but I got to fade him this week. I would absolutely try and lock that in before qualifying because that could drastically change when qualifying happens. Um, me and you talked my first driver I'm going to roll with at a track like this that they haven't been to in a while that's quick to adjustments that's been consistent most of the year Tyler Reddick 16 to 1 yeah that's going to be my first go to me and you agree on your first one that you go with so I'm just going to leave it at that but 16 to 1 Tyler Reddick um my first one and maybe I'm going to sound like a broken record i'm gonna look at truex here 12 to 1 just looking at it average finish at dover 6.3 darlington 11.7 phoenix 12.6 last three dover races he's been running insanely well but he just crashes <laughs> like yeah. you know what i mean like um i gotta figure he's due you know what i mean it's just one of those things like you just figure this this cat is due dover he's been running great um, 12 to run on a Truex. I feel like at that price point, you have to buy in on it. I like, correct me if I'm wrong. Truex has not won this year, correct? He has not won, correct. Okay. So for every, everybody watching, you got to understand too, 16 drivers are locked into the playoffs or I'm sorry, 16 drivers get into the playoffs every year. You normally have multiple drivers of four five, six wins and the rest are on points. Four more drivers win a different race. Then you're going back off of points and you're not going off of wins. So a win right now is huge for a guy like Truex. So I'm with you on him. Another guy we both agree on at 11 to 1, William Byron. Yes. Willie. I'm telling you, this track, since they haven't raced at it, these guys are on the simulator all week, or the last two weeks. So they're week off and this week, turning laps consistently on the sim. Who's the best driver on the iRacing sim period? William Byron. So if you got a man that can feel the simulator and the real car consistently at 11 to one, lock him in before qualifying 11 to one, William Byron. And we also need to remember that. Um, how can I say this? He led 24 laps at Darlington before he kind of messed up the finish. So he was running good at Darlington here. I think you hit him the nail on the head with the eye racing stuff. He's going to be putting in the work. Um, I found him at 12 to 1 in a different book, so I locked him in at 12 to 1. Really like that price. Really like Get it in before qualifying. Yep. Get that in, period. He's been running great. He's just certain drivers, I feel, are due, and he's in that mix. I feel he's due for a win this year. Also, just random thought here check the entry list, guys, coming up this weekend for the truck race Friday night and the Xfinity race Saturday. Most likely, you're going to see a couple cup drivers hitting either one of those. And if they're at high odds, Possibly grab them for maybe a top five or a top three due to the fact that they're going to get behind the wheel and get some experience on the track before a lot of other drivers do. Now, I need to lean back. I need to take a swig of that tasty Bud Light that you have next to you. Can I take a wild stab at where you're going with this? Just, oh, is he, I, I, is he old? I have a trivia question for you. I have a trivia question. He's old. I have a trivia question for you. <laughs> okay. Out of the last five races, who has the most top four finishes? The Harvick. Last, so he's yeah, he's peaking. Harvick. 
peaking well, dude. He's peaking, man. Us old, us old effers need to stick together, dude. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it with you. 22 to 1, Harvick having the most top four finishes. He's running well. He's running well in the new car. Average finish at Darlington, 4.7. Average finish at Darlington, 3. Point, sorry, average finish at Dover, 4.7. Average finish at Darlington, 3.4. Average finish at Phoenix, 6.1. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I give you shit all the time. When you drive him. But at 22 to 1, I do like him. Once again, this is all, all of these that we've talked about so far needs to be grabbed before qualifying even opens up. Period. Oh, for sure. For sure. You it's gotta- gonna, these odds are going to drastically change. You have Brad Keselowski at 80 to 1 before qualifying. You have AJ Allmendinger at 125 to 1. You don't see that. And the only reason Vegas is doing this is because they don't know right now who's going to do what. I mean, you have Larson at 6 to 1 when he's normally plus 250. Now, do I have oh, a of a unit? My boy. On Burton at yes. 5 Mundo. Grab him. I'm telling you guys, he's going to get a win. And if you can get him at 500 to one and drop $10 on him, I'm telling you, he's grabbing a win this year. I've put it in my pocket. It's got to happen. Now let's just go through these head to heads real quick. Um, Dylan Reddick. I mean, honestly here, Dylan minus 190. Reddick. No, sorry. Reddick minus 190. Dylan plus 145. To me, this is you bet Dylan, but you've already locked in Reddick in the future here to win the race, so there's no value. So this is a pass. Correct. Um, in this one, for me, I've already locked in Harvick, and he's up against Almirillo. Harvick price is 130. Almirillo's price is even money. I do, I do like. I'm sorry, I do like Harvick at minus 130. Against so hypothetically, if you're not betting Harvick to win this head-to-head, Brandon does like. I already hit this one in the head. I'm taking Almirillo here. Yes. Suarez is a fade machine after that win. Don't get me wrong. Great for the sport. But um, this race, new week, new race. I'm out on him. Uh, Bowman, minus 105. William Byron, minus 125. I personally don't want to touch that. I, I really don't, only because every week it seems like one does so much better than the other. And it's a flip of a coin. I do like Byron to win this race. I really do. But Bowman just randomly shows up. So I don't like betting on a guy like Bowman who can be great at any track. And we just don't know what week that's going to happen. So to me, I got to pass on that one. Um, Bowman Reddick, if you're not Ben Reddick, would you take about minus 120 against Bowman minus 110, or what would you yes. do? Here? Yes, I like Reddick. Interesting one here. Uh, Briscoe and Harvick both laying 115, basically a pick. So if you're betting Harvick in the race, I definitely would take Briscoe in the head-to-head solely because Briscoe is a young driver that shows up at these new tracks. So I, I do like that. Elliott and Chastain. Dude, this I is don't, good. Now, here's the thing, though. If I were to tell you at the beginning of the year, in the middle of the summer, Elliot and Chastain would be the same price, what would you tell me? I'd call you a liar. I'd say you don't know anything you're talking about. And here we are. We are. What do you do here? It's so hard because the, the unfortunate part, especially being a fan, but the unfortunate part with Elliot 
he can run top five every week. We've seen it. He's second in points overall. He's got his win. But he just has had a couple down random weeks. Granted, one of them was because Chastain took him out, but we're not even going to go there. Um, I have to take the better driver in an even head-to-head with better equipment, even though Chastain has two wins and Elliott has one. I have to lean on the better driver with the better equipment if it's even money like that. Or just flat out yeah. minus one fifteen on both sides. Um, Elliot Bush, Bush, Bush. Bush. As much as I hate him, this dude just shows up whenever he wants to, and new tracks like this just randomly pulls out just insane or insane speed. So now Blaney, Blaney. Blaney. Ryan Blaney. Like we always talk, we can kind of tell if this is going to be a Blaney track, but I don't think this is going to be a Blaney track this week. No, but I'm taking him head to head. Okay. The man's okay. been good all year. He has. He, he just has had the shit end of just bad deals where he's been winning race after race after race and just gets snake bitten at the end. I'd take Blaney at minus 110 over Denny Hamlin. Um, next one. We are going Denny Hamlin, minus 120. Joey Logano, minus 110. Logano. Uh, Kurt Bush, Kevin Harvick. Harvick, minus 120. Bush, minus 110. What say you? I got to go Harvick. Now, if you're betting Harvick, I don't bet head-to-heads if I have him to win. Agreed. So, if you're not betting Harvick, then I take Harvick in this matchup, too. Kyle Bush plus 110 against Kyle Larson. Anytime I don't like the head to head, I think Larson would win it. But any point in time you get Kyle Bush plus money and a head to head, you might as well leap. You got to take him. I'm sorry. I am a Larson guy when it comes to that head to head. So if I was a smart money guy, I'd lean Larson, but plus money for Kyle, I'm taking Kyle all day in that. Ooh. Kyle might. 170 William Byron plus 130. Um, we're betting Byron. Like I, like if I'm not betting, this is a pass for me. If I'm not betting Byron, this is a pass for me. Or but, I'm betting, but, but I already have Byron to win, so I don't want too much exposure to Byron. So I'm not going to take this problem. No, agreed, agreed. If you're not betting Byron to win, grab that plus 130. I will answer this before you even say it. Larson 100 over Chastain. But here's my thing. Doesn't this kind of stick out to you? Okay, so Larson's minus 150 against Ross Chastain, who's plus 115. Okay. Elliot was minus 115, basically a pick And we have Elliot at plus 850. I'm telling, I mean, that- you, I'm telling you why. Vegas does not like this week in NASCAR, period, because they do not know what's going to happen. All pre-qualifying and practice. So, again, hit these picks now. Because even after practice, these things are probably going to shift. But the fact that you have Larson at minus 150, Vegas wants all these people to jump on that Chastain at plus 115, hoping something happens to Larson. Larson's going to be good at this track. Larson's good at every track. Let's call it what it is. Dirt, asphalt, concrete, doesn't matter. He's good. That is a bait move by Vegas and Bovada. For everybody to jump on Chastain and they just take all the money from him. That's all that is. 
And Larson is an asshole too, for the record. Uh Logano yes. minus 120, Truex minus 110. Who, who you Truex, taking? give me that even money, baby. Truex. Suarez against Chastain. I mean, look, I'm fanning Suarez here, but I can't, I'm not gonna lay a minus 185 on a head-to-head. So this is a pass for me. No. Uh next one, Truex minus 105, Blaney minus 125. What say you? Wait a second. Oh, this is all right. No, scroll back down. I'm sorry. Okay, no, what, back what do we down. got here? Oh, True sorry. X. Um, True X minus 105. All right, True X minus 105. I am scrolling down here. We got go some to top, that top, three. That top three. We got top fives. Top five. Okay. I want to look okay. at top fives. Um, and we're looking at anybody. We're gonna say Eric. We're gonna say Austin Dillon, and we need an eight to one if we're gonna go top five or higher. I'd Just rather take on. But here's the thing. I'd rather take Austin Dillon at plus 66 to one to win the race before I touch him at eight to one for a top five for a top five. Yeah, this is. Oh, Does that okay. Make sense? Okay. Stop, stop, stop. We got top tens here. Unless it's. Ten. I mean, you that, no, like that's what I'm saying. Like a top 10. And if you're betting NASCAR, if you're new at betting NASCAR compared to any other sport, if you see a football team that's minus seven, even money, you grab them. You see like a, a Kyle Larson at minus 400 to finish on the top 10. One blown tire, one mishap on pit road, motor problems, an accident that you can't avoid. You just dropped a huge amount of units on a guy at minus 400 to one when he doesn't even finish a race with something that's completely out of his control. That's why I don't like betting these unless it's plus money. Like I like Harrison Burton plus 50 to one for a top five. Burton at 16 to one for top 10. Now I'd be interested in that. Yeah. That, this would be literally the only top 10 bet I would lock in, but and I'm not going to do it. If you don't get it, you're not out a bunch of units because you're not dropping four or five units on it to try and grab quick cash. You can drop one or two units on it. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't, you have all these other guys in the lineup that you've touched before in the head to heads and to win the race. Um, now, if you're going to bet the poll, I think it's pointless. The only it person is. that I would even bet would be Christopher Bell, Bell because he's, yes. so, you know, he's been just been money in these polls. Where is Larson at? Um, interesting. All jumbled up. Larson plus sixty. Yeah, there's no way in hell I'm doing that. All right, Brandon, my man. Thank you for coming on. Uh, you, myself, and Beho. Um, we'll be recording Saturday night, talking a little F1 and NASCAR for the BTV crew. But uh, you know, this is the show you guys want to listen to and make sure you lock in before qualify brandon and i are taking yes. these early in the weeks you and this is where you can find value before the qualifying before the practices uh brandon thanks for coming on why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media boston boy 83 on twitch twitter and instagram make sure you give brandon a follow thanks for coming on my friend let's cash some tickets i'll talk to you sunday but until next Sounds week good. my friend on make some money boys ladies and gentlemen Guys, that was Brandon. Make sure you're please giving Brandon a follow. He's been around for a while. Him and I got some stuff planned. So please, 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 please make sure you give Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83 on Twitter and Instagram. 
Unfortunately, XFL Jim is not feeling well, so he has to take a rain check on today's podcast. So make sure you check out Spring Fever with him and I. We go over all these lines, but I will dive in what myself, excuse me, old Uncle Rico is playing. Let's start out on the CFL. CFL, I'm definitely going to be on the Tiger Cats. Anyone that knows me knows that I like to take the revenge spot of a team that knocked them out of the playoffs. Perfect revenge spot for the Tiger Tax, plus how they lost last week's game, heartbreaking fashion, in a revenge spot against the Blue Bombers after what happened in the Grey Cup last year. Blue Bombers coming up two emotional wins over the Red Blacks. I'll take the Tiger Cats here, plus the four. I'll buy it all the way down to plus three. I'll also take them at plus 175. Looking at the line right now, I bet online I'm seeing a four, so I will say the official play for the podcast is Tiger Cats plus the four with a sprinkle on the minus 175. Next play, we are going up to Calgary. I am not high in the Stampedes team at all. I like this Elks team. I think they're in a position to win last week. They were competitive last week. I think that first week against the Lions was a little bit of a fluke. I'll take the Elks here plus the eight and a half. To round out the CFL action, interesting line movement. This line was all the way down to three. Tie it with a BC Lions laying three and a half. Excuse me. Now it's up to BC minus the five and a half. I'm going to take Toronto here. I'm not high in this BC team. I think that first one was a little bit of a fluky win. I'm not sipping that Kool-Aid. I know they put up 59 points. I know it's soared over, but you know what? I'll take the Argonauts here. I'll take the Argonauts plus the five and a half. Now, let's shift our attention to the USFL. Game one of the semifinals. I'll take the Stars here plus the four and a half. With a team with this explosive of the offense, it's hard not to back them, especially when you're getting over that key number of three. So I'll definitely take the Stars plus the four and a half. But the play I like the most here is I like the under 23 and a half for the first half. I think with it being the first game in Canton, Ohio, first game of the semifinals, I like this to go under. I will take the first half under 23 and a half. That is my favorite play in this game. I will also take the Stars plus the four and a half. Next play, I gave it out on Spring Fever. It's down to four and a half. I still like it at four and a half. But Breakers, plus five, official play for the game. Love the Breakers here at plus five. I'll play them down to plus four. So just to review, game one between the Stars and the Generals. We're taking Stars and Generals under 23 and a half for the first half. And we're taking the Stars plus four and a half. In the nightcap, we're going to take the Breakers. We locked it in at plus five. I will play it all the way down to plus four. That's it for today's show. Make sure you please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, etof 21 Sports. Give me a follow on Twitter, at etof 21 Instagram, at etof 21 Sports, underscore. Give me a follow. Make sure you like, leave a review on this Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast. You can find me all over. Have a good week. Stay safe. Fourth of July is next weekend. I cannot wait. Thank you to this week's guest, Sterling from Silver Star Sports, and my boy Brandon. Until next week, boys and girls, let's make some money.